0: I know, I know you're probably saying, Joe, come on. We liked the last podcast, Become What You Believe, but you said there was a part two coming. When is it coming? Wait no longer. Part two, Become What You Believe. Why is it so important that we talk about these things? Well, a couple of reasons. One, because your belief in the world and how God can heal you and what is possible will dramatically impact you and really how your life unfolds, what it is that you want to do with your life, the miracles that can happen, everything else has to do with what you believe. So we're going to talk about that, Part 2, Become What You Believe, Part 2. And I want to let you know that this is actually an excerpt from my book. So yes, I got permission from the author (laughs) to use this fantastic material. And if you just say, Joe, I love the podcast, but I actually want to read it. When can we do this? Well, I would say any day now, probably, oh, March, oh, by the 5th or something like that. I think it's going to be out. You could buy the book. The whole world is going crazy, but you don't have to. Scriptural and psychological healing written by me. It'll be out very, very soon. So if you want to do it, you can just go to Amazon and pick that up. But let me begin by asking you a question. If I asked you who you are, what would you say? Now, again, you might say, well, I'm a teacher, or I'm a father, or, I'm a mother, or, I'm an engineer, or you might say, I'm a Catholic, or I'm a Christian, or I'm a Buddhist, or I've got my master's degree, or I've got, uh, I'm married, or I'm divorced. But let's say we're at a cocktail party, and you're not interested in actually talking to me, which sometimes happens. <laughs> and maybe after a few minutes, you say, yeah, I'm married, and I'm an engineer. See you, Joe. Done. Off to get another cocktail. But let's say you actually find this question interesting. And we began to have a longer conversation. Now, eventually, we'd move beyond the roles you play, physical attributes, and we'd plumb the depths of how you see the world and yourself. Now, you might think that's just politics. But again, and being the socially curious guy I am, I might continue asking you when you began to believe this or that about yourself. What Was was it in your 20s when your brain was fully developed? Was it in your teens when you, quote unquote, discovered yourself or earlier, like when your diaper was changed or not? (laughs) Now, at this point, you might look at me, look at the drinks and say, Joe, one of us has been drinking too much. What do you mean? What do I believe about myself based on if I got my diaper changed on time or not? But being polite. You don't pretend to make eye contact with somebody across the room and excuse yourself. Instead, you say, Joe, uh, diapers, what do you mean? You see, we are unbelievable information processing machines. From birth until the day that you and I die, you continually take in information about the world, and then you pass judgment on it, and take in information about yourself, and pass judgment on yourself. And usually this judgment, this belief about yourself, is based on how others see you and treat you. And that's when it gets tricky. Let me go to Scripture. Matthew chapter 16. One day, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he asked them what people were saying about the Son of Man. He was obviously referring to himself. And some of the disciples said, Oh, uh, some say that uh, John the Baptizer. Some say that some man is Elijah or Jeremiah or, or one of the other prophets. And they were kind of struggling with this because they didn't really know. They suspected, yes, Jesus, you're the Messiah. But they didn't really know, except for one man. Jesus turns to Peter directly and he says, And who do you think I am, Peter? And Peter says, the Messiah, bam, that's it. But then the critical statement comes next. Jesus then says, and now I am going to tell you who you are, Peter. And he describes Peter and he says, you are a rock. And Peter was the foundation upon which he was going to build his church. Now again, why do I bring this up? Back to our, com- our cocktail conversation. As I said, you began taking in information about who you are from infancy. And of course, you may not consciously understand this. When your diaper was changed or not, or if you were comforted during a thunderstorm, or if your caretaker constantly forgot to pick you up from school after soccer practice, it was communicated that your wants and needs didn't matter. And your boyfriend dumped you with no explanation. Kids laughed at your uncool shoes. Again, the list goes on and on and on. Now, again, most childhoods, typically, they're not all negative, but that might be all you remember. Now, I'm not going to go into the psychobabbly reasons why you just remember those times, but the brain is inclined to remember the dark times, the difficult times, the times when you were hurt because it wants to protect you against the next time when you might be hurt. So sometimes from childhood, you know, yes, of course, you'll remember the good times, but a lot of times the brain is going to really hold on to those negative experiences to try to protect you in the future. Hopefully you experience loving touch and kind actions and encouragement. And for most people, again, it was a mixed bag. But your brain either consciously or unconsciously, interprets all these words, actions, and events, and then you form a belief about who you are. For you to experience resilience and to live a life that God says you can live, you have to allow your belief about whom you think you are to be reshaped by God. Who are you? Now, scripture doesn't say how Peter responded to Jesus' assertion that he was a rock, but I suspect he initially had a hard time taking it in. After all, when Jesus performed that miraculous catch of fish for Peter and his fishermen, right, Peter's response was to ask Jesus to leave because Peter saw himself as being unworthy. Yes, it was a remarkable event, it was a miracle. But again, Peter didn't see himself as being worthy of this miracle. Peter's response was based on shame. But Jesus saw him differently. Who are you? See, every opportunity you encounter, every relationship you experience, your mood, even the chances you take will be shaped by how you see yourself and your belief about yourself in the world. Now, again, I like to do this little game. I like to have this little psychological experiment. (laughs) And I'm going to ask you one question. And just to prepare you, again, when I ask this question to a large audience, I'd say roughly 99% of the people answer incorrectly. Again, I don't want to, I don't relish proving you wrong. But I want to help you change your mind about a fundamental concept of belief. Ready? The question is this. Is rejection painful? yes or no, is rejection painful? Now, if you're honest, like the 99%, you probably scan your memory, you think about the time that you didn't get the job, your girlfriend dumped you, you didn't get picked for the team, but just go ahead and, and think about your own rejection experience. Now you're thinking to yourself, is rejection painful? Yeah, well, it seems obvious. Rejection is painful, right? And then you go for it. Yes, Joe, rejection is painful. Really? Now you hesitate. Uh, yes, rejection is painful. Wrong. What? What do you mean, Joe? Rejection is not painful? All right. I'm going to illustrate this with a story with two different endings. So pay attention. Take one. Your best friend sets you up on a blind date, and you're super excited. Oh, wow, it's been a while, you say to yourself. But you put together your best outfit, one that says, I'm casual, but also says, I care. I, again, have no idea what that would look like, but just (laughs) let's assume that you know what it does. And you remind yourself to be polite and curious, and you get a reservation at that oh-so-difficult restaurant to get into. And the night is superb, you tell yourself. You think this could really go somewhere, you hope. Then, at the end of the night, you muster up the courage necessary to ask your date if you could have another date next weekend. And she turns to you with those beautiful green eyes that you've already fallen in love with, and she says, Yeah, I don't think so. I have to wash my dog. A weekend? Yeah, pretty much, she says, and I'll probably be too busy for the rest of my life. Sorry. And you stare blankly at the outside of the door that she just slammed on you. And after you manage to close your mouth and let the shock slowly wear off your face, you say, I'm such an idiot. Of course she doesn't want to go out with me again. I'm a loser. Just more proof that I'll never find love. Well, hopefully I can go home and my cat doesn't feign indifference. Yeah, good luck. Okay, I agree. That was pretty painful. But before you think... That I've just solidified your belief that rejection is painful. Let's try again. Take two. Your best friend sets you up on a date and you're super excited. Oh, it's been a while, you say to yourself, and you put together your best outfit one that says, I'm casual, but also one that says, I care. And you remind yourself to be polite and curious. You get a reservation at that oh-so-difficult restaurant to get into. The night is going superb, you tell yourself. And you think this really could go somewhere. You hope. And then at the end of the night, you muster up the courage necessary to ask your date if you could have another one next weekend. And she turns to you with those beautiful green eyes that you've already fallen in love with. And she says, I don't think so. I have to wash my dog. A weekend, you ask? Yeah, pretty much, and I'll probably be too busy for the rest of my life. Sorry. Now again, I'm going to let you think about your answer for a minute before I ask you again, is rejection painful? And with even greater vehemence, you say, Yes, Joe, rejection is painful. But wait a second. This time, instead of the harsh... Tongue lashing you gave yourself in take one. You speak differently to yourself. In an alternate ending, you say to yourself, you know what? This was one date. And relationships are meant to be cultivated. And this is something I can do. I'm a good person. I'm kind, loving, generous. I've done a lot of work making the most of my life. There's a good chance that someone will find my traits desirable. Ah, eh, let this one go. I might have saved myself from continuing a relationship with the wrong person. God sees a larger context. Again, I ask you, is rejection painful, or is it what you believe about yourself that causes the pain? Now, I'm not suggesting this is particularly easy especially if you've experienced serious or significant rejection early on. But just like learning new skills, you can learn to speak to yourself differently. You can see yourself differently. How? It begins by allowing yourself to be loved by God and to let Him tell you who you are. You are a rock, Peter, Jesus said. Again, Peter needed to see himself differently through the eyes of love incarnate. You, too, need to see yourself differently. You are God's most precious creation. As Psalm 139 says, God formed you in your mother's womb. You are a wonderful creation. Right, No matter what you've done, as you're told in the story of the prodigal son, Luke chapter 15, God is ready to take you back. He wants to wrap you up in his arms and celebrate. Again, you gotta think about how has your belief in yourself actually formed your belief about yourself? How was your experience with other people? You're no good. You're unlovable. And some of those messages might have been communicated to you directly, but probably most indirectly, when your needs weren't met, when nobody paid attention to you, when somehow others rejected you, you formed the belief that I'm no good. I am just reject material. But I want to suggest that for too long, you've lived a life defined by how others have treated and defined you. God says, that you are worthy he has chosen to dwell within you he is moving you and guiding you and reshaping you it's time to let God tell you who you are because he created you to live with him for all eternity he has chosen to place his spirit inside you and if the God of all creation lives within you then indeed you can live differently joyfully, with resilience, purpose, and meaning. Become who you believe. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward.